This is Behind the Christmas Hits, the podcast with Drew Savage. There are lots of Christmas hits that have endured for 60, 70, even 80 years or more. But only one of those songs was sung by a 10-year-old. Gayla Peavy's I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. And joining us to share the story of that song is that little girl who is all grown up, Gayla Peavy. Thank you so much for being on Behind the Christmas Hits. Well, thank you. I'm happy to join you. So you sang this song, you recorded this song when you were 10 years old. You have literally been singing your whole life. What are your first memories of singing? How old were you? What was the environment? How, what are your first memories of singing? Well, practically right out of the womb, I started singing. I, I can't remember a time when I didn't sing. Even as a toddler in Oklahoma, I used to sing for people and uh, in Ponca City, where I lived uh, for five years, that's where I started school, and I used to sing at school and for community events and church as a little kid. So I just can't remember when I wasn't singing. And as mentioned, you were 10 years old when you recorded I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas, and the song endures straight through until this very day. Uh, how were you, a 10-year-old girl, how were you chosen to be the 10-year-old to sing this now classic song? <laughs> well, I, I was uh, singing professionally in Oklahoma from the age of eight. I was on the television, local television regularly, on two different shows and um, then from that I got attention I guess from national television NBC hired me to do the uh, Hoagie Carmichael Saturday Night Review on a regular basis in Hollywood and then from that from that Columbia Records took note and uh, signed me up for a contract with Columbia Records at the age of 10 and the very first song that Mitch Miller brought to me to record was I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> and do you remember <laughs> what you as a 10-year-old thought when you first saw those lyrics and, and, and sang those lines? Oh, my goodness. I thought it was kind of interesting because as a kid, and uh, I had been singing adult songs. I mean, you know, like walking my baby back home and too young to tango, <laughs> that, those kinds of songs. So it was uh, different for me to sing a children's song or a novelty kind of song. But the words were so cute and the imagery of a fat hippo, you know, dancing around. It was, uh, it was, I was attracted to it right away. And of course, the tune is memorable and fun and uh, it's a wonderfully written song so yeah I, I just really liked it right right from the beginning and you obviously had a huge hit with it but it was also a huge hit for the oklahoma zoo uh explain the relationship between the song and the oklahoma zoo gala well there's a huge relationship uh, of course i lived in oklahoma at the time and when i want a hippopotamus for christmas was released I introduced it on the Ed Sullivan Show, and of course it just took off and became a hit. Well, at the time, the Oklahoma City Zoo actually needed a hippo. And so the zoo director had this brainstorm, <laughs> and he got together with the, the newspapers in Oklahoma, and they started a campaign called Hippo for Christmas for Gala. So it was definitely presented 
to the public as raising money to buy me a hippo. So it's buy Gala a hippo. Send in your money, send in your nickels and dimes. And uh, so kids and people all over the state sent in their nickels and dimes to raise money to buy me a hippo since, you know, the song is I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Yeah. And so that's how it was presented. And as a kid, I wasn't even really aware that it was ultimately going to be donated to the zoo. Uh, I just thought, how fun, they're buying me a, giving me a hippo. <laughs> but, <laughs> Mom, do we have enough room in the back for a hippo? <laughs> yeah, so, well, of course, when the hippo, live hippo, her name was Matilda, she arrived in Oklahoma City on Christmas Eve. Of course, you know, the the big thing was, well, we don't have room for her in our house or garage, so I donated her to the Oklahoma City Zoo. That's the connection. So it, it was money raised for me to get me a hippo, but then I graciously, yes. quote unquote, donated <laughs> the hippo to the zoo. You mentioned a moment ago that you you debuted the song and sang the song on the Ed Sullivan Show in 1953. Now you were singing yeah. professionally from the age of eight. This is when you were te- you were a two year veteran of the music business by the time you were right. on uh, the Ed Sullivan Show. Did you, as a ten year old, uh, know or understand the gra- like? Did you know who Ed Sullivan was? Did you understand the gravity of that spot? at that time to be singing on the Ed Sullivan Show. Oh, yes. Yeah, everybody watched the Ed Sullivan Show. It was like families gathered around the TV every week. They wouldn't miss the Ed Sullivan Show. So, yeah, our family did the same thing. So I knew that it was, you know, a big deal to be on the Ed Sullivan Show. The interesting thing is I had been doing uh, this regular show on NBC, and they wanted to sign me up on NBC as a regular. My manager at the time turned that down because if I was signed up under contract to NBC, I could not do the Ed Sullivan show because it was on CBS. Right. So my manager turned down the NBC contract just so I could, you know, introduce the hippo song on the Ed Sullivan show. So that's how big the show was. Wow. That 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 is but any any regrets? Do you have any? Do you think you should have signed or the manager, whoever was calling the shots? Any regrets on that, or do you think that was ultimately the right decision to forego the NBC deal just to get on Ed Sullivan? In retrospect, I think I mean as big as the Ed Sullivan show was, and what a big opportunity! I I really think in the long run it would have been better to sign on with NBC as a regular but who knows so i don't really have any regrets Years ago, I spoke with actress Billy Mae Richards, who was the voice of Rudolph in the classic Christmas special. Uh-huh. She said her grandkids used to make her come to school and do the voice of Rudolph to prove that Grandma was the voice of the red-nosed reindeer. I'm just wondering, after all these years, you you have your you have a daughter, you have grandkids. Were you ever asked to do something similar and, and sing that song at their school or for friends or anything like that? Oh yes, every Christmas, teachers across the country use the hippo song for their Christmas programs, and uh, I've been a guest at different schools, and um, and and uh, yes, my grandkids have wanted me to sing the song. I don't think I've sung it at their school, but I have done 
online FaceTime singing with other various schools and zoos, the Oklahoma City Zoo, do a sing-along. So, yeah, I'm still uh, asked to sing the song after all these years. <laughs> Hard to believe. And, and what's it like to see videos of, of young kids now at the same age you were when you recorded that song? What, what's it like for you to see, to see those kids sing it with such joy in their faces and in their voices? Well, that's the best part, Drew, is the joy. The song is happy. It just makes people smile. And it's uh, it's a song that you're right. You know, when kids sing it, their their faces light up, and you, you can't not be happy when you're singing or hearing that song. And that's the best part of it. It is such a joyful song. It's one we love hearing every year at Christmas. It's shown up in so many shows and commercials and movies yeah. uh, over the course of the year, over the years. But of like most Christmas songs get recorded over and over and over again by other artists. There have been very few artists that have re-recorded I Wanted a Hippopotamus for Christmas, at least to the point where we become familiar with it. I think that's just how iconic your rendition is. You know, it's tough to beat that adorable 10-year-old girl belting out this Christmas song. <laughs> well, it is uh, pretty unusual, I would say, for the original recording to be the one that you still hear 50 years later. Um, and it has been covered by other artists, but uh, so far, anyway, uh, the original one that I recorded seems to be people's favorite, and that's so fun. It just makes it fun every Christmas to hear it played on the radio. And, and uh, I mean, everywhere you go, the malls, the, you go to Disneyland, it's playing, and yeah, I'll just it's just everywhere. So it's just really become the classic version, I believe. You can't get away from yourself at Christmas time. No, I can't. <laughs> I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us on Behind the Christmas Hits. Gayla Peavy, how fun was that? Thank you so much. Thank you, Drew. Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for listening. If this is the first episode you've ever heard, welcome. We've got dozens of other episodes for you to listen to with more on the way. Hit subscribe, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Christmas Hits. I'm Drew Savage.